I'm really excited to be up here today. Um, I want to open your Bibles today. We're going to be covering uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians, verses 1 through 6. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, verses 1 through 6. And my main focus will be verse 10. So let's read. Verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you, were, you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised up with him and seated up, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the unmeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward the, towards us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We thank you for your word, your mighty word. We thank you for grace. We thank you, Lord, for what you did for us, Lord, on the cross. And, Lord, we ask you that at this moment, in this time, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds and prepare us for your word. Speak through me, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So this reading I see as a, as a journey as we walk the Christian life. And I want to explain a little bit on that. Um, verses 1 through 3, it could be considered our previous walk. In other words, uh, if we didn't walk with God as many as did in the past, or if you don't have a relationship with Christ, this is the walk we're walking through right now, which is verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses, and sins. We were dead. When we didn't know Christ, we were dead. In which you once walked. There's that walk. There's that journey that we're walking in. Following the course of this world. We followed everything that this world had to do for give us, direct us. We just followed them like the carrot in front of the of the of the donkey. Just we were just following on anything that the world had to offer us. Following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Those are harsh words, the sons of disobedience. It sounds like a motorcycle gang, if you ask me. But it'd probably be a good one. But um, think about it. We were the sons of disobedience. If we didn't know Christ, if we didn't have a relationship with him, we are the sons of disobedience. Now, you might say to yourself, wait a minute. I still disobey God once in a while, too. Does that make me a son of disobedience? No, no, it doesn't. That was our previous walk. Among whom we all once lived the passions of our flesh, 
carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. We deserve the wrath if we don't have Christ in our life. If we go on, verses 4 through 7, and it sounds like I'm rushing this a little. It's because I actually have a video clip I want to show you, which is quite powerful. Um, Verses 4 through 7 says, but our old walk is finished. Let me put it that way first. We have an old experience of our walk, and now it's finished, and now we receive Christ. And verse 4 tells us about that. But God, being what? Rich in mercy. Is he short? Is there a shortage of mercy in God? Absolutely not. There's always mercy because of the great love which he loved us. You know, this reminds me of 1 John 4.19 where it says, we love because he first loved us. So it's nothing that we had to do. He first loved us. Continue on verse 5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And this, of course, reminds me of Romans 5.8. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that an incredible God? I mean, I know this is some of the basic stuff you already know, but think about it. While we were still sinners, he died for us. He didn't have to wait for us. He did it before even we made a decision. We just need to grab on to that gift of salvation. Continuing, by grace you have been saved and raised up. Now, this reminds me of Psalm 40. 2 and 4. This is a beautiful uh, verse, which actually I think there's a song about it. It says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. That's the God that loves us. That's the God that raised us up from that miry, miry clay. Whatever situation you're in, whatever you're lost in right now, whatever sin or addiction you're in, God wants to raise you up. He wants to raise you up from that and put you in a rock, which is him. Making my steps secure with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the unmeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So we saw... Our previous walk without him. We saw what it could be to walk with him. And now verses 8 through 10 is our ongoing walk with him. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. Listen to that. This is not of your own doing. There's nothing you can do to be saved. Some of us do have that attitude. We think if I give enough, if I give enough to the orphans, if I, if I give to the poor, if I go to church, if I follow these traditions, and I follow this uh, religious uh, traditions and rituals, that that is going to save me. But God's word itself says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So in other words, if you're trying to impress someone by what you're doing, there's always someone else out there that can do more. So we can't even boast in our salvation. So we're saved through faith, not by what we do. 
You know, it, it's almost like we have this image of a tree, but it's upside down. What I mean by that, it, we look at it as works are the fruit, but not the root of salvation. So if you look at a tree, you look at the roots, which you really can't see, but you imagine the roots of the tree, that is the salvation. That is God. That is God's gift, his mercy, his grace, what he did on the cross. And because of that, that's where the fruit comes. But many of us have it backwards. We're trying to do the fruit part and show and impress people, but the root is not there. Our relationship with Christ isn't there. Our salvation through grace isn't there. So the root will always be God's grace and gift of God. Which means that we do not work to try to gain heaven. We work because we're on our way to heaven. Are you on your way to heaven? So that's our ongoing walk. Verse 10, let me continue. Uh, says the, work, the word workmanship is really the word poem in Scripture. Think about that. Did you know that, that the word workmanship means poem? God is looking at us as a poem. He is writing a poem through our life. You are his poem. Can you imagine how beautiful that poem is? Some of us might think, well, I don't think it's that beautiful. My life is a mess. I always disappoint him. I'm always failing him. But he says that we are his poem. God's word tells us that we are his poem. We are his poem. Better said, we are his masterpiece. God is working out in our lives our tremendous exhibition of wisdom, power, love, life, character, peace, joy. He's teaching us, training us, and bringing us along, producing a marvelous masterpiece to be put on display. For us? No, for him. Many of us are, we actually, many of us, because of that, minimize work. And we think, well, if we're not supposed to work for our salvation, well, I'm not going to work at all. I'm not going to do anything for God. But we shouldn't be thinking that. You know, God's light, uh, actually, Matthew 5, 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see your good what? Your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So works is important. Don't ignore it, but we're working because of our salvation. We're working because of what God wants to do in us. So let me continue on verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus. This reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5.17, very popular verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new has come. Are you aware that even though you go through your struggles, and even though sometimes it looks really familiar or similar to where you were when you were walking without Christ, that if you accepted him, you are a new creation? Some of us don't believe that. Some of us say, well, how can I be a new creation if I'm still falling on my face, if I'm still disappointing God? We are a new creation if you receive Christ as your Savior. And you know, the beautiful thing is that he doesn't give up on us. We may give up on him, but he doesn't give up on us. Philippians 1.6 tells us, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work 
and you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God is working in you as a believer in Christ and will not give up on you, and he will do his work and bring it to completion until we are face-to-face with Christ. It's not are-we-there-yet type of Christianity. It's ongoing. The question is, how much of this are you going to give to him to work and for him to start cleaning and putting into the fire and purifying? So I'll tell you this. The next time you think you have an excuse on why God can't use you, consider all the drunkards, the liars, the murderers, the cowards, the prostitutes, the adulterers, like those that God used in Scripture. Yes, in Scripture. In fact, the book of Ephesians, written by Paul himself, was a murderer of Christians. So we have no excuses. God can use us. To summarize, um, Ephesians 2 Apostle Paul tells us that we see that we're lost without Christ. We're lost without Christ. So we were children of wrath. Without him, we were children of wrath. But by God's grace, not by anything we did, we are saved. It was Christ for us. Christ for for us. And through faith, it was Christ in us. And unto good works, it is Christ through us, that he works through us. So I'd like to take the opportunity to play a video skit that I shared in our Celebrate Recovery ministry that we have here on Monday, Monday nights, 6.30, little plug-in. Uh, the skit guys are well-known in Celebrate Recovery circles. The two guys, Tommy and Eddie, are not only best friends, but also partners in the gospel. They travel the world and teach about God's love and his call through the power of drama. Drama, More often than not, they are very funny. And they are. They're funny. But occasionally, though, they go in a serious direction. And in the case of God's masterpiece, which is the video that I'm going to be presenting, uh, I would say it, it takes a serious turn at the end. And I really ask you to open your hearts And after that, uh, we'll conclude in prayer. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your Son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yeah, I do that. 
don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hang on. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. Mm. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, Compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I gotta admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. 
I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay chisel away. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult and I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on, it's, it's a name, it's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying, it's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? 
even though you and I both know I messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Very powerful video. I just want to say that um, God created us more than just to be where we are now. We are his workmanship, and he has many things that he wants to do through us. He wants to continue writing that poem, that beautiful poem of your life. So you see, many of us think that once God saves us from our sin through Jesus, that he's done changing us. And that's just the beginning. He just got started. So after God saves us, he wants to change the way we talk, the way we think, the way we believe, the way we live, and so on. For him to be able to do that, we have to let him chisel on us, so to speak. And you know what? It is going to hurt. You're going to lose some friends. It's going to cost you time, money, energy, love, and tears. But I promise you, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to bring up things that he wants to work in us? Just like in that video. It's not easy. See, like he says, we're either moving towards him or away from him. There is no middle ground. So if you're not moving towards God, and if you're not seeking to him to continue working and building in your life, you're going away from him. Is our goal to just play church? to actually look like Jesus in the sense that God works in us until we represent him. And finally, the definition of insanity 
which is something that we talk a lot about in uh, Celebrate Recovery. Is the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And we do that. Sometimes we wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be different today. And as much as we can talk, as much as we can say we're going to do this, we go and do the same thing over and over again and expect change. It's kind of like how Paul puts it in Romans 7.15. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I, but what I hate to do, I do. Hmm. So, I'd like to pray for those who are ready to have God working in them. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you consider us your masterpiece. I thank you that you, you pulled us from the miry clay, from the swamp that we were in. And you love us. And you did that through grace, not by anything that we did. And Lord, we want to receive that gift, and we want you to work in our life. Father, I pray for every heart here today that is struggling, every person here that feels like, but I can't. I keep failing him. I just need to stay right here where I'm at that they would stop believing this lie. And Father, I just pray that they would open their hearts to you. And as John plays uh, some music, uh, I'd just like to ask you to bow your heads. And if you, if you want to personally be prayed for today, uh, we're going to have a prayer team. We can go to the prayer room. And um, maybe by the raise of hands, anyone feel like that gentleman on the, on the video. Anyone that, that is uh, struggling, anyone that uh, has areas that they know God needs to chisel in their life. Amen. Amen. I see some hands. Praise God. Praise God. And no matter where we are in our walk with Christ, even if you've been walking with him for many, many years, uh, we still have areas that we need to give to God. So I encourage you to raise your hand. Don't feel like, I, I don't want people to see me. I've been a servant. I've been a leader. I'm a community group leader. I teach Bible studies, and I'd be ashamed to raise my hand. No, God wants to chisel areas in everyone's life until we start to look like his son, Christ. Amen. Amen. So there's really not going to be a formal dismissal. I want you to take as long as you want to take your time with God. But again, I, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who raised their hands. I thank you for those who have finally have given you areas that they've never given to anyone, that they never shared. Maybe areas that they feel comfort, maybe areas that they would go and escape to instead of running to you. Maybe areas that they can't handle, that they don't think they can even let go but your mighty, powerful hand, Lord, is there to lift us up. And through the Holy Spirit, you can work in areas of our life that you can chisel and that you can remove and you can just create that incredible masterpiece that your word says we are. <laughs>